0: Thank you for tuning in to Summary Judgment, where Austin personal injury attorneys Josh Fogelman and Aaron Von Flatern of FBF Law discuss the ins, outs, and in-betweens of personal injury cases. Welcome back to Summary Judgment. This is Josh Fogelman. I'm here with my co-founding partner, Aaron Von Flatern. Uh, together, we are the two founders of Fogelman and Von Flatern, or FBF Law, in Austin, Texas. And we're here today to talk about the importance of investigating trucking accidents or 18 wheeler accidents. We want to talk a little bit about just generally why it's important as well as kind of some specific examples of things that need to be done in order to make sure you protect your rights. So Aaron, if you'll start us off, kind of uh, tell us a little bit about why doing an investigation as soon as possible is really important in a trucking accident case. Man, it's critical. And when I was, you know, in a former life,
1: I was an insurance adjuster as a, as a couple of our our lawyers were. And I can tell you back then, we were instructed to tell people, hey, you know, before you hire a lawyer, why don't you give me a chance to, to do you right on this, clay, on this case, on this claim? Um, and if you don't like my handling, you can go hire a lawyer then. You know, the problem with that line of thinking is that there is an entire universe of information documents evidence that needs to be preserved in order to uh, allow you to discover the truth of what happened and sometimes to allow you to discover if there's other parties who might be involved who might even have insurance policies that are necessary for these catastrophic cases so um, you know the first and foremost thing to understand is the reason we're here talking about this is that if you've been in one of these you know big rig accidents or even an accident with any commercial vehicle and you're thinking to yourself I'm not one of those people that hires lawyers. I'd like to try to see if I can navigate this myself. Listen carefully because you're about to hear all the kinds of things that they're just not going to tell you and that somehow is going to be deleted, destroyed, or just accidentally forgotten uh, by the time you get to the courthouse later. And so now is the time to act. Um, You know, with that segue, Josh, do you want to kind of give us an overview of some of the different things? And we can kind of jump off from there describing uh, in more particularity what, what needs to be preserved.
0: Yeah, and Aaron, like you said, you know, the importance of preserving evidence or doing the investigation is so that you can identify any of the potential players that need to be involved in the litigation or involved in the claims process before it's too late. And that means before it's too late from like a statute of limitations standpoint, before you've lost your right to pursue a claim, as well as before it's too late in in that the evidence might otherwise be destroyed, uh, you know, it, it's not uncommon to find yourself in a situation where you might have a, a catastrophic 18-wheeler crash where no one's exactly sure of what happened. So getting out there and preserving things like the uh, ECM, the, the onboard computer in the truck itself that preserves uh, data about speeds and distances and times and, and GPS information really important stuff that is going to be helpful down the road to unwinding exactly what happened and when, but also things like cell phones, text messages, social media posts, these types of things that while they might be present for some period of time, they can be just, they can be destroyed or lost or stolen or accidentally deleted. So getting your hands on that information as soon as possible, is going to be at a minimum the type of thing that needs to be done to make sure that you're properly postured to assert the claim moving forward
1: yeah i think maybe just looking at one one of those ideas is a cell phone right you know did you know a lot of truckers have two cell phones they've got one with the company they got one personally with their family Um, they could be texting or using facebook on either one of those leading up to the crash and you'll never know it uh, because they're in the background deleting some of that stuff, maybe changing their phones. I mean, how many cases have you had where, in response to discovery, the defendant writes back, uh, well, I don't have that phone anymore because I changed phones since then? Um, that's not really an accident. It might be, but it's it needs to be uh, immediately stated by lawyers in strongly worded letters to the trucking company that they are to actively locate all relevant evidence, preserve it with proper chain of custody so it doesn't get lost later. Um, Cell phones have text messages. Computers have emails. Imagine the kinds of things that are going back and forth between management and the drivers, uh, both before and after the accident. Um, You've got maintenance records. Maintenance records are important because you've got, uh, say, like the brakes failed. Well, where did the the maintenance occur? We might have another defendant in the case, and if we don't get them in on time, Uh, we could lose our rights to even pursue that avenue Um, and that's again when you're considering a death or a really catastrophic injury this stuff is critical um, because most trucking companies are required to have about a million dollars of insurance they're not going to have a dime more than that if they don't have to if they're a smaller operator and so it's very important for us to go try to find as many different insurance policies as we can Um, and then another thing is setting the scene for accident reconstruction josh you talked about the ECM, the electronic control module that's on these big tractor trailers and a lot of commercial vehicles. Um, Can you describe uh, kind of what are the things the accident reconstruction folks need to do their jobs and why is it important that they do their jobs?
0: Sure. Well, you know, aside from doing any sort of on the scene investigation that they're able to do or in certain catastrophic cases, reviewing the Data that's collected on the scene by the responding officers. You know, T- uh, Texas Department of Public Safety will oftentimes go out and do their own full accident reconstruction work, but uh, the ECMs will contain a lot of critical information that can help confirm or dispel a theory on how the crash occurred. The accident reconstructionists will oftentimes do a thorough job analyzing the physics of how things happen, looking at Impact patterns on the vehicles, looking at gouge marks on the roadways, gathering whatever data they can from the ECMS about speeds or how much force was uh, applied uh, was applied upon impact, uh, things about uh, braking distances, all of these objective pieces of information that really help the accident reconstructionist put the recreate the the crash in a way that helps everybody understand at least probably or plausibly what might have happened. And a lot of these big cases come down to that, maybe differences of opinion on how the crash happened. And the, the more information an accident reconstructionist is able to gather and utilize in order to develop their opinions, the more reliable their opinions are going to be. And the more reliable their opinions are, the better chance you have to support your case. So gathering the information as quickly as you can and and working hard to make sure that you're preserving those vehicles is really important. One thing that I have I've recognized in some of the trucking accident cases that I've handled too is if the damage to the truck doesn't render it a total loss, which considering their size and magnitude is oftentimes the case, these trucking companies and and commercial entities, they really wanna get that truck back on the road. So they're not motivated the way that the person who was hurt is gonna be motivated to make sure that that vehicle is retained in the same or a similar condition as possible as it was at the accident scene so that that evidence can be gathered. So if you wait too long and you give the truck trucking company or the owner of the vehicle the opportunity to get that vehicle repaired, you're losing really critical and valuable data that should be preserved.
1: Right. And you can just imagine a situation where maybe your client's telling you that this person didn't have their headlights on or that they didn't use a blinker. And you go, you finally get to the inspection of the truck and there's a brand new headlight or a brand new blinker on there. And you say, What is this? And they'd say, Well, we put it, you know, we had to keep using the truck. Now it's all messed up, and no one can really tell whether it was actually dysfunctional or not. And if you've done the right things, if you've properly put them on notice and told them that they shouldn't do that, you can then later use that change, use their loss of evidence against them in court. Um, In certain rare circumstances, you can get a judge to instruct the jury to take what we're saying is true because the defendant has lost the relevant, the, the, the relevant evidence that would allow us to prove that it's true. So the judge might ask the jury to actually assume with us that he didn't have his turn signal on or didn't have his headlights on. Um, and that can really change the outcome of a case. Um, another big uh, category that um, I, th- I think is part of every trucking case is employment records. What I was most surprised at when I started learning about trucking records is the medical exams. Um, You know, these over-the-road truckers are required to pass medical exams saying that they're fit physically, despite all the prescriptions they're on, which a lot of times they're taking various prescriptions. And and despite their physical conditions, which often, you know, can involve uh, problems of narcolepsy and and obesity and things that contribute to narcolepsy, uh, despite all those issues, they're often certified to drive on the road by a chiropractor. You know, not not as someone with an MD behind their name, not somebody who spent four years in medical school and four more years in residency, somebody who completed a certificate and is calling themselves a doctor. And and unfortunately, our regulations are allowing that to happen. And, you know, you've got to dig into that file to find that. Then you've got to go check that chiropractor's records and see whether or not this person is being diligent and, and asking other doctors to get involved when there's questions that are over their head or if they're just a rubber stamp. Um, And that's just kind of one example of what we can find in the employment records. Josh, uh, you know, what are some of the other issues that make you want to get the employment records?
0: Yeah, I mean, the employment records are really important in a lot of circumstances for a number of reasons. Uh, First, when it comes time to establishing the liability of the driver or the carrier, the driver's employer, you want to understand if you've got an unfit driver on the road, how did that happen? you want to understand whether the employer did a good job of uh, researching their potential hire, understanding what kind of past traffic infractions that employee or that, that driver might have had any sort of licensure problems, speeding tickets, past crashes, past criminal history, things that are red flags or should have been red flags before the, trucking company allowed somebody or allowed that person to get behind the wheel of an extraordinarily heavy vehicle so when you can kind of dig in and find some of those problems it just really looks bad and helps establish your liability claim which is a necessary component of course of seeking a financial recovery from the trucking company or their insurance company but in addition to that there's an interesting piece of federal legislation that's called the Graves Amendment. And so you have you know, these companies that are in the business of owning fleets of 18-wheelers or other types of commercial vehicles and leasing them out to individuals. And for many of those companies that are actually in the business of leasing these vehicles as opposed to being in the business of actually carrying or transporting goods, these companies are exempt from being held liable for the conduct of people who are driving the vehicles that they own unless you can establish that they were negligent or careless in some way in actually allowing the the driver to get behind the wheel of that vehicle so kind of looking at uh, any sort of data that the trucking company might have had or should have secured Uh, to figure out what they knew about the driver or what they ought to have known about the driver before they allowed them to get behind the wheel of the vehicle can be another avenue towards making sure that you have all the proper parties identified, which, as we know from experience, is really important, particularly in catastrophic injury cases where the amount of the damages done, the amount of the harms and losses might far and well exceed the available insurance policies from the driver or the driver's employer or the trucking company when you might need to to try to tap into an additional insurance policy or pocket. So so working to get that employment information is really important. Uh, In addition to that, Aaron, there are a, a variety of categories of information that the law in many instances requires truck drivers and trucking companies to keep and maintain as a part of their file in order to be in compliance with with uh, regulations in the industry can you kind of talk about some of those and how we have seen those play out in our own experience and getting your hands on some of that mandatory information yeah
1: it's one of my you know favorite topics from past cases is talking about the discovery of, of what we call log violations um, the federal and state DOT authorities or Department of Transportation authorities have enacted these rules requiring drivers to track their hours of service. You can understand why that's important, right? You've got drivers who um, are incentivized to drive as much as possible for as long as possible with these vehicles that weigh 80,000 to 100,000 pounds right next to our families who are on their you know, road trip to Arkansas. And the, the problem is Uh, It's a it's a kind of self-reporting system as to when you took your breaks, uh, what rest you've had, did you get enough sleep? The the government has enacted a lot of rules about when those breaks have to happen. They've left it to the trucking companies to train their drivers on how to fill out the logs, and unfortunately, there are uh, a lot of entities who uh, have cheated. You know, for lack of a better term, they've taken the 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 rules and found loopholes that they can exploit. You know, in the oil field, there's something called the well site waiting time exception that allows a a driver to basically take themselves out of hours of service and and claim to be resting when all the evidence says they're working and working hard physically on a well site um, and then continue to drive a very heavy vehicle down the road. Um, We've discovered some of that kind of fraud going on in our cases. Um, all I can tell you is if you don't get the logs, uh, you, you really don't even know if you're dealing with a, with a sleep deprivation issue or not. Um, and I, you know, you wouldn't think that'd be a big deal. It's like, well, a lot of people are driving tired. Uh, the studies contradict that. The studies are very clear that that drowsy driving is equivalent to drunk driving. Um, you know, if you've had a, a one hour night's sleep and you try to drive the next day, It's the equivalent of 0.08 BAC, according to the studies that we've read. And um, so this is a critical, critical issue. There's a lot of critical issues we can't even get to in this podcast. You know, I mean, DOT violation summary reports that are kept by the companies about about their culture, right? Like you can find all these violations every month. They're tracking how many speeding tickets they got, how many DOT violations each of their drivers received. You can track their discipline on that. You can track the memos and the safety meetings. You can get the handouts from all their safety meetings. Look at the rosters of who signed in for each meeting. When you put the full picture together, you get a sense of what their culture is. And when the culture is putting money and profits over safety, uh, you start to have a really good case. And um, so if you've been catastrophically injured or, or you know someone who has or or there's been a death, um, it's just really important that you reach out to a lawyer, an informed lawyer who knows what they're doing and has experience in this area. Of course, we'd invite you to call FEF Law, um, check out our website. Uh, We have definitely got a lot of information on our blog as well. And if you have questions, you can always call the firm and ask for Josh or Aaron.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're all about education and helping people understand what their rights and options are. Uh, it's it's really important to know what you're dealing with and know what kind of battle you're about to be facing if you or a loved one has been uh, really harmed. Uh, in a lot of cases, if you don't reach out and get that guidance, you're going to find yourself at a pretty substantial disadvantage in, in a very important situation. So we're happy to be that. Uh, guidance for you happy to provide that guidance so if you have any questions for us please don't hesitate to reach out uh, we hope that you found fi- we hope that you found this podcast helpful and thank you so much for tuning in to summary judgment